involuntary, done contrary to or without choice. Immigrant. Definition one, a person who immigrates. Definition two, a plant or animal that becomes established where it was previously unknown. Mangaloids. Real talk, it feels like it's been since fucking forever since we talked. Yeah, I'll get straight to it, man. Um, I had, in this time frame I've been gone, there's just so many different life-altering events that happened in my life. Um, a lot of people close to me know what happened. A lot of people not close to me don't. Um, it's none of your fucking business. If you want to know, fuck it. Holler at me on the side, whatever. But one of the things that happened, I talked to a brother from the NOI, and I'm always trying to talk to the brothers from the NOI. As far as I'm concerned, the number one leader for the Negro community is Farrakhan. Um, that's religiously, spiritually. Um, I also think financially it is um, Dr. Claude Anderson. I say that all the time. Nothing's changed. I'm not switching up on that. Um, but I love talking to the brothers and sisters from the NOI and, you know, just, just, it's just positivity to be around. They get so much negative shit, but really if you talk to one of these brothers and sisters, like you would see, man, they, they regular people. And even myself, sometimes I forget that I hold them on such a high pedestal. You know what I mean? And that was one of the things me and the brother talked about. You know, we talked about this platform and I, t- I, t- I told him I, I use deviants to talk to my people. You know what I mean? And I was somewhat kind of talking down on my own movement, bro. Like it was like, I don't know. It, it was some like a subconscious kind of a thing. Like where I'm listening to this brother talking, you know, he, he's suit and tied and he bold, you know, this and that. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I do the same shit, you know, but I do it from this perspective. And, and he looked, he told me straight up. He said, look, brother, we call that talking in tongues. Because you talking to the people, how the people understand. And and, and you bringing them closer to the truth. And I was like, damn, bro, I didn't even think of it like that. You know, I don't know how to, I don't know how to be a political speaker. I'm politically incorrect. It's never been my thing. I speak how I feel. And as much as I want to be a politically conspect i'm sorry you could tell i'm full of shit on this one but i'm gonna finish it out anyway but as much as i want to be a politically correct speaking person i I just can't fucking do it probably because i don't want to be i don't i like speaking you know my shit i like talking my shit i like you know showing love where love need to be shown and shine the light on bullshit you know what i mean and one of the things I get a lot of flack for as a Negro is I say, like, I really love the U.S. Constitution. And before you close your ears off, hear what I'm saying. I love the U.S. Constitution. And I think the U.S. Constitution kind of gave us a foundation to know shit ain't right and shit ain't wrong. More so than anything else. And what I mean by that is. When niggas learn to read, they start reading all of this shit that these people in charge of writing. 
And it's like, well, we see before God that man is equal. And then we see, and then we see all this shit with the Constitution and we see, okay, it's given rights, it's given rights to them, it's given rights to them. And so we that's what we know we should have rights. So most of the shit like we protest now or we don't fuck with now, but we saying we being done wrong is because we have our constitutional rights stripped or fucked over some kind of way. So I'm big on the Constitution. That's a fact. Another fact is the Constitution ain't always been handed to us fairly. And that's the issue. And that's why I think where a lot of people, black people hate the Constitution or they don't like the Constitution or they feel some type of way about it. It's because they feel like they never received fair treatment. So it's not the fact that you don't hate the Constitution. It's the fact that you don't feel like you had a taste of the Constitution. And I'm a, I'm big. I think if everybody got a fair treatment of the constitution everybody would love the same now i haven't always had a fair treatment of it especially seeing my people and that was another thing that the brother said to me from the noi he said um and i'm gonna bring on this show back around but he said fucking you know if i see one of my brothers smoking crack that mean we on crack if I see one of my pers- uh, my, my my brothers or sisters gambling, that means we gambling because we are a community. It's not, a lot of times we do that individualism. It's like, no, that's not how you build up. And when he said that shit, I was like, damn, that's, that's some real shit. So if one of us is suffering, all of us is suffering. And I, I, I was like, damn, that shit hit home. So we started looking at a lot of this shit. And in the last couple of weeks, as you know, it's so much shit going down. And I, I quite frankly feel like it's unconstitutional shit like this mandate or that and all this and that. And you know how you feel, you feel. But the majority of it comes down to this vaccination shit. And I don't feel like it's right to make people get some shit. And especially us, because I look at us as indigenous people. One thing I'm, I'm fucking scared of for, for niggas getting this vaccine is that these scientists done cooked up some shit that don't fuck with, you know, people now and 20 years from now make all the niggas fall off. You know what I mean? So that's some scary shit. I mean, think about it. You, you might think like, oh, no, they mango stretch and mango stretch. But think about it, man. You got a cell phone that could do all kind of crazy shit. 20 years ago, that bitch didn't exist. So you telling me for the last such and such years, they ain't been coming up with some shit that fuck with nigga blood. You have to, you know, it's a hard thing to convince me on. But, you know, I'm real big on that. But I just I just kind of want to throw that out. And I also want to say, man, I fucking missed y'all. Yes, I still made timelines first in the 15th. But, you know, normally I drop shit in the middle of there. You know, I give you a little bit of jelly on the toast. So I fucking, I, I, I miss talking to y'all, man. Um... We about to pick things back up and all that good stuff, but I really been like going through a lot of you know pushing and pulling and looking at legalities and all this type of shit. And if I end up having to get this, for, I don't even call it a vaccination. This is shot. If I end up having to get this toxicity in me. You know, I'm going to keep y'all up to date, tell you if I have a seizure or my dick falls off. Some shit like that. Um, hey, and if any of y'all took the vaccine and your dick falls off, hit me up so I can tell the mangaloids. Um, all that good stuff. 
But other than that, like, hey, if you're choosing to get it, as I always say, if you're choosing to get it, if you, if that's, you know, that's between you and your God and you and your consciousness. Whatever, man. I'm not knocking nobody for doing that shit. You know what I mean? But if it just so happens you got it and you're perfectly fine, you know, write, write me. Let me know. I tell the Mangaloids that. If you got it and the next day you went to piss and your whole dick fell off, write me. I'm going to tell the Mangaloids your, your fucking thing. I might even bring you on. But, you know, um... It's good talking to y'all again. Thank y'all for listening. Mangaloids, I had a question for you. Why do you think it's push for the Negroes to stay in the city? You don't get what I'm saying with that. I'm, I'm, I'm asking like this. Why are the projects built in the city limits instead of like the rural areas? Think about that shit, right? I think it's because if you remove the Negro from the urban area, you're going to lose the bad habits, the frivolous spinning of the Negro, and also you're going to lose control of the Negro physically and mentally, while you're also taking away the self-care ability of the Negro while all that's going on. I look at the shit like horses, right? So it's easier to groom, pet, and train horses in a barn with stables than it is in the fields where they have more freedom. So I look at it like a control factor. You take all of these, you know, buildings and you put them all next to and you get them all bunched into this area. Like, like think about horses in a barn and stables. You could probably get like, you know, 10 to, however many fucking horses in there and you got them all controlled under this one building, right? It's almost like a jail cell. And a lot of the ghettos is like jail cells. Now granted, you're free to move, but mentally, do you ever? So why is that shit pushed? And to take that to a political aspect, right? A lot of it I see is the blue party, democratic party that, that likes that shit, really, right? Because I come to find that most niggas that live in rural areas, country areas, and shit like that, a lot of them don't vote blue. I mean, you have a lot that do. It's more 50-50, right? But when you have, you know, land and houses, you tend to listen more than just agree more. You know what I mean? So all of these people, like these guinea pig people, Ados people, they're stuck in these fucking ghetto communities. If you think about it, it's a one-stop shop for politicians. The ones who are eligible to vote, you could just talk to this, you know, it's less travel. And it goes back in what I was talking about with two majorities facing each other. The losing majority, he's going to reach out to the minorities. The winning majority, he's like, I don't need the minorities, right? But they both represent the same. They both are fighting for the love and approval of, of the same people. It's just one's going to talk to the people below him to try to win so that he can be favored by the people they were looking for originally. So what happens is you put these people and you isolate them in this, in these cages, I want to say. And and if you live in the projects, listen, I know you're like, I don't live in a cage. Okay, not exactly. I'm just making a metaphor of it. But you live somewhere you don't want to live because I'm pretty sure the majority of people in the projects, they wish to have a big house somewhere with land and shit. They don't like staying on top of each other. You know, some people love the camaraderie, the positive camaraderie of 
the neighborhood, yeah, I'm sure. But I don't know no nigga that get money and just really stay there. They always get a nice house off somewhere else. So I was thinking about this question. I said, well, why did they never build project buildings like off in the country? It probably would have been cheaper to do. It probably quite possibly cheaper to do. But I said two things are going to happen if you did that. The first thing is, right, a lot of these um, other people are going to come in and then just build around that new establishment because the black person in America um, is the biggest consumer. If you look at the ghetto, I show you like you look at the hoods, the ghettos and this and that. Every store there charges more. Right. So you go get gas in um, the hood. It's going to be more than you will pay off somewhere else. Um, grocery stores in the hood. A lot of times they serving you fucking close to expired meat, bad meat and shit. And if you went to Walmart, it's going to be even better. It's not a whole bunch of Walmarts in the hood, you know, but you also got to think a lot of people in the hood don't have driver's license. So they can't really do that mass traveling and all this. And that. I'm not saying they're, they're incapable of traveling. I'm saying they can't just get up and go when they want. They got to get a ride here, ride there, or they got to walk or maybe catch a bus to go get, walk, get, go get groceries and shit. How many people you seen on public transportation with a shitload of groceries on them, you know? So what'll happen is if you move these projects to rural areas where it's just out there, and, and it only have to be projects. You just move these mass amount of people in the rural areas. What happens is you take away the workers of shitty jobs in the city a lot of times, and you make the police job harder because the police scroll through the the lower class areas more than anywhere, more than anywhere, and also you lose control. It's good to have these wild beast niggers controlled. You know, that's I'm giving you from a fuck it. That's a mango talking perspective. And that's what it seems like to me, in my opinion. That's what it seems like. It's a control system. And while this is going on, a lot of times what you get is you get these um, blue party, Democratic Party, liberal people. And what they say is, oh, man. Look how y'all living. Y'all got rats and stuff here. Oh, man, this shit's so bad here. Damn, man. But you know why it's like that? Look at where all these Republican people live. If you really look at the map, look at the voting of the map, you're going to notice every major shit. Every Sorry, I was going to say every major shitty because in my mind I'm thinking shithole. But every major city votes blue. Like with the ghettos in them and this and that. They, they're blue voting places, right? And where you see the red voting places, it's more country-like, it's more wide, it's more this and that. So the Democratic Party is telling you, oh, man, you know why you're doing so bad. i tell you why. It's because them people see how they living over there. They living good over there. And you living like this over there, you know. But the truth of the matter is the Blue Party is a drug dealer and niggas is drug addicts. We're going to use this analogy, right? Do you fucking think the drug dealer 
want to see the drug addict get rehabilitated? In no way, say, uh, shape, or form. Because the time the drug addict gets rehabilitated, the drug dealer loses a consumer. And the Democratic Party, without black people, cannot win elections. They cannot win elections with Republicans talking about American issues without mentioning black people. Can't be fucking done. I find that ironic because the Democratic Party is the party that started the Ku Klux Klan. So if you see that, you you keep a people needing the drug. I hear stories all the time, like how drug dealers used to do. If somebody never did crack, they'd be like, here, go try it. Just give them crack for free. Go try it. Maybe two or three times. Yeah, oh, oh you want to try again? You ain't feeling on the first time? Here, go try it this time. Oh, you ain't feeling on that? Okay, go, go, go try it that time. But that, but that last time, they hook. They hook. And that's how a crackhead is born. So that shit is real. That shit is fucking real. And so you're looking at the party that started the Klan, the party that was totally against the freedom of niggas. And this is the party that we mass, we massly migrated to. Why? And here's the reason why. We voted Republican for a long time, and then we just stopped, stopped voting and shit and was more worried about us personally. That's during the segregation area. We, we, we still had people voting, but a lot of places they couldn't vote. And some places where they could, the, the numbers weren't still that high. But the Democratic Party came up with this plan. JFK. Martin Luther King got locked up. He bailed him out. He got him out of jail. Martin Luther King gets out and says, I'm voting for Kennedy. And nigga said, King voting for Kennedy? Shit, I'm voting for Kennedy too. And we moved over. We moved over. And that was like the last migration over. And since the since John F. Kennedy, think about how long John F. Kennedy been dead. We've been voting for the fucking Democratic Party. The majority of us have. The majority of ADOP have been voting for the Democratic Party since then. And we still talking oppression. We still talking oppression and how shit fucked up um, and all the bad things that come with life as niggas, right? But the problem with that is, the big issue with that is we're looking at it from this perspective of, man, we just keep trying and the Republicans just keep knocking us down. The truth of the matter is Republicans don't need us to win. So it, it, go, it goes back into Trump when he was talking about you know, what do you got to lose? Vote for them. You've been voting for them so long. You get da, 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 da. The Republicans, don't. if we don't vote, it's going to be Republicans versus Democrats and the Cubans and, and the Asians and everybody else going to put in their input. But at the end of the day, the Republicans are going to win. The Republicans have not won an election where it was the Democratic Party focused they efforts on getting the niggas out to vote. They have not. They have not. You look at Barack, landslide two times. Bang, bang, win, win. And the niggas was fucking with Barack. Hillary couldn't pull that off. Hillary couldn't pull that shit off. Niggas wasn't fucking with Hillary like that. Right? Um, you look at Clinton versus Gore. You can go back all the way back to JFK. 
JFK don't win without the nigga vote. So who needs the nigga vote? The Democratic Party. Because if niggas don't vote, the Republican Party going to win. I personally believe Lincoln was a mastermind. Because Lincoln, you know, face of the Republican Party, and he set something up, right? Where it, I personally think if niggas got on board with the Republican Party a lot of times, they would be successful. And that's why I think you see a lot of black successful Republicans. I mean, you see a lot of black successful Democrats. But I think the Republican Party cares less about race and more about making a dollar. So here's the issue you really have. You want somebody who cares about your feelings or you want somebody who's trying to make some money. And the truth is, like, financial freedoms are only hope. I really believe that, right? And a lot of these Republicans, like politicians and, and corporations, whatever, they don't care how much money you get, nigga. As long as you can make them some money. That's like a slave master mentality, right? And the Democratic Party, on the other hand, how I look at it is they don't want you successful because if you find success, you might not vote for them no more. If you, I think the Democratic Party is scared is if all niggas start doing better, what's going to be the talking point when it comes to election? Because that's the only time they really talk to us is during election. That's the only time they really talk to us is during election or when they're trying to give us some shit, like a vaccine or some shit. So with that being said, do you think they want you doing good? Because think about it. If, you, if every nigga today does great, like they just, they just come up on a lick, right? And the brokest nigga in America got 20 grand in his bank account. The brokest one. Do you think they're going to be able to sell them talking points to us about, you know, the Republicans want to raise taxes and, and they want to do this and they want to do that. And uh, like, that's really what it, what it is. It comes down to one needs you to be oppressed because they selling you the dream of getting you out of oppression. They selling you like this Lincoln's fucking dream. Like your world is so fucked up. You know whose fault it is. You live in these cages over here. Look how they live. They never stop to tell you that don't none of them politicians that run for the Democratic Party, don't none of them live next door to you. They live with the with the red boys. They live in the same areas as the red boys. The only difference is the red boys ain't taking the time of day to come talk to you. They ain't taking the time of day to come try to con you. Because they look at it as if you don't vote, it don't matter to me. If you don't vote, it don't matter to me. If you do vote, that might hurt me. Whereas the Democratic Party is like, if you don't vote, we fucked. We're not winning. So let's tell you everything we can to get you to come vote. And then none of that shit comes true. None of that shit comes true. And I see you again in four years. And we'll try this all over again. That's how it works. I can tell you in 2021, what we got so far. Because I can tell you 2020 was pandering to us. Fucking pandering. We ain't get shit yet. But vaccines. And most of us don't even want that shit. 
So, you know, think about that. Think about who needs you to be down. Who needs you to be fucking down so they can come and pretend to be Superman? It's the drug addict and the drug dealer. That's what it is. My 100%. But, hey, Mangaloids. Sometimes I get on that shit and I just keep it going. I want to thank y'all for um, allowing me to mentally stimulate your mind. Be safe.
got a long way down. We got a long way down. Involuntary, done contrary to or without choice. Immigrant, definition one, a person who immigrates. Definition two, a plant or animal that becomes established where it was previously unknown. Hey, Mangaloids, I got somebody special today. Somebody I've been telling y'all I was going to get on this motherfucker, and now they're here. Santana Banga. Banga. How's Yo, your what it do? What it do, man? How's your fucking How you doing, bro? Everything's good. How's your fucking world, brother? Blessed, man. You know, another day above ground, man. Blessed. So off rip. Record company. Tell the people about it. I'm fucking I'm building it. I'm loving it. Miller Boy Records. Yeah, that's it. Oh, that's what it is. You know, that's the last name, man. You know, we doing everything for the last name, you feel me? So, you know, that's why we own why we went on and went that route, man. But yeah, that's the label, that's the brand, that's everything. I gotta ask you. This is something I'm I'm creating, right? And I'm I'm, I'm gonna get more rappers, and I'm gonna ask them all the same thing. And I'll show you why I'm asking this later. But yeah, your reasoning for getting into music was it to make a bunch of money and fuck a shitload of whores? Nah, it ain't got nothing to do with the whore. But it's about, you know, it's about creating a better life for your loved ones, man. You know, um, you know, I've been doing music for a long time, and I'd be lying if I say I ain't doing it for the money. You know, it's a lot of own, um, you know, real bloodshed, tears, you know what I'm saying? Blood, sweat, and tears behind it. So it's like, you know, I got family members who uh, I done made promises to that's no longer here. So it's deeper than, you know, it's deeper than a lot of things. But like I say, man, the, the, the industry owed me the way I feel. You know what I'm saying? Because... You know, with all all the work I put in, man, it's only right I get my just due. So, but yeah, it's all about providing for the family, man. And the reason why I asked that, it's real big, is because I know it's a different generation than what I right. came up on. So, right. like, like I, I know a lot of people that really they into the music to show off and just get money, but they they want to fuck bitches and. I think that mentality takes a lot away from the artist being right, right. artistic. Distraction. Yeah, you know what I mean? Like, I'm going to mm-hmm. say this and that and that and that to make the pussy come to me instead of no. I'm going to say this, that, and that because this is how the fucking nigga feel. So, right. I mean, I mean, not to cut y'all, but, you know, you can, you can, you can listen, to the, listen to the current music that's out right now that I'm putting out right now. And that, that'll tell you everything, man. That'll tell you what route I'm going with my mindset at. You know what I'm saying? Where I stand as a man. You know how I feel about my family and all that, man. All that. So, from the time you started in the game to where your feet are now, how do you feel about like the evolution? Especially, you know, you 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 from the south. How do you feel about the evolution? My evolution or the evolution of hip hop? Both of them. Like your evolution, your adaptation to any changes you see. Or right, right. You know. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna speak on mine. You know, I ain't gonna touch too much on the hip hop because that's his own entity, man. And, but I'm gonna speak on mine. You know, on just seeing myself evolve from 
the style of music I started off making. You know, it was more so about having fun and uh, you know, you're young, you're running wild, you just you know making a lot of songs based off of uh, you know, un uh, how can I say it, man? Uh, misguided emotions. That's what I'm gonna call it. Misguided emotions. So you know, just growing into myself, learning more and more about who I am, and you know, um, having something to stand for. You know, it just uh, it was definitely a, a dope experience to see me, you know, transition from that uh, you know, the boy from a boy to a man is what I like to call it, man. When it comes down to that, just transitioning, man. But um, but yeah. So seeing like yeah, um, by evolution, it, go ahead. Seeing how like with the like evolution, what I meant by evolution of the industry. Is not too much the content, but yeah. more so from like the business standpoint. Like you started what, like in the in the two thousand era. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's that mixtape era, you know, everybody dropping mixtape to now where, you know, it's a social platform to push and mm -hmm. grind and you still got, you know, feet on the ground too. So that's what I meant more right. so as the evolution. Uh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, that's that's saying. more so now, what I'm talking. You were, I thought you were tapping into something else. Nah, you know, it, like, nah, I, like I, 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 <laughs> yeah. most of the time yeah. when you say evolution of, 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 of the game, you know, people really tend so much on how the music is changing as far as sounds and this. Now, that's not. Right. I'm not on that because I know everything. This, the music is like water. You know, the the flow is going right, to keep right. going to change. But I'm more so talking about like the business of it to like how the marketing goes and how that and how you've gotcha, gotcha. adapted. Oh, it's a lot easier now. Yeah. Yeah, definitely a lot easier now. But I mean, what you expect, you know, with technology steady advancing, you know, um, you got a whole bunch of different avenues now, you know. You didn't have TikTok back then. You didn't have Instagram back then. You know, you didn't have uh, even people blowing up off of Snapchat. You know what I'm saying? You didn't have all of those things back in the day, man. It was real deal, like footwork. Like you had to pass out mixtapes on um, you know, do these tours, passing out flyers, you know, put a lot of footwork in. So now it's just, you know, you can just go ahead and pay somebody to make a TikTok video, man, and blow up overnight. <laughs> so, like, that kind of – so that's a pro and a con in a way, right? Because, like, before – you think about in the 2000s, right, where you want to drop a, a mixtape, you needed, like, CD burners and all of that shit. You needed all that. All that you shit. You needed all that. But now, and, and you know, even back then, a whole bunch of motherfuckers was rapping that probably shouldn't have been rapping, but they had like the, the means and way to duplicate their projects and, and do all this. But now with the streaming, right, do you think that makes yeah. it harder on the on the artists with like so many underground people? Like in a way, because I kind of see it like, right, if I'm a consumer and I have 50 people pushing mixtapes at me a day right mm. it might be that diamond in the rough that's in that 50 and i might right. just want to say man i don't listen to 49 before this guy i might not you know mm -hmm. so, so what was the question though the question of that was like do you see pros and cons like and, and if you do what do you see the pros and the cons to be to the music business now i mean at the same time, I don't I don't really see too much of the pros and cons, man. Like, it's more, it's, for me, I feel like it's more pros, though, because, like, you know, I'm going to use back in the day for an example. You know, in order for a record label to find out about you, you know, you had to either book, like, a, a, a 
what they call like a um, meeting or something like that. You know, you write the radio, the, uh, the record company, or you, you know, you you travel out to the record company, man, sit outside the record company, passing out your CDs, trying to talk to executive A and R and stuff like that. So now it's like everything being that everything is just so much internet power, man. It's like a simple DM. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. A simple DM. It ain't no physical nothing. It's just a, a virtual, a virtual communication, man. That's it. And you know, a lot of stuff, a lot of uh, business relationships are being made more. You know what I'm saying with that. So I mean, I, I, I'm I'm all for the way it's going now. You know what I'm saying? I don't really, I don't really see anything that I can take away from it. You know what I'm saying? The only thing I would say that uh. I would say that I see that's different now is the the virtual performances. Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Like during the time, you know, this COVID thing, man. It just it's just the way how everything is just you know evolving. You know, it's like nothing gonna stop the music industry, no matter what it is. You know, the music gonna still keep pumping. It's gonna keep going. So, like I said, I, I see more pros than anything, man. Yeah, you kind of look at the music artists as a first responder. Is how I kind of looked at it from COVID, right? Because especially everything starts shutting down. I mean, unless you in Florida, everything didn't shut down, but right, like right. Atlanta down sure ain't shut down. Yeah. You know, so with that, the, the music artist was uh, pretty much a um, first responder in a way, because that kept a lot of people entertainment itself mm-hmm. kept a lot of people sane during right, a lot of that right. shit. So it's like a, a big appreciation to it. it you want to know a prime example? What I thought was like Jacksonville artists. It was like so many Jacksonville artists broke in the midst of COVID. And it's because Jacksonville was fucking popping when a lot of major cities was like, shit the fuck down. What's what's your, what's your goals, brother? What's your, with the Miller boy, what's your goals with it? Like, what do you see it at? At the top of that mountain. My goal, my goal, man, is to get Miller boy Rex to be one of the biggest independent labels out on you know, just going all the way up to the top, getting involved with movies, um, sports, you know, um, everything, video games, everything, man. Just, just letting it be a well-rounded label where it's just, you know, it's not just tied down to one, you know, uh, one thing. In in the middle of um, it go all the way. In the middle of the shit, like, because in twenty twenty was a bunch of shit that happened, right? You had the the pandemic. You had a lot of the racial tension. Um, you had, you know, schools shutting the fuck down. All of that stuff. And to see you come out in 2021 with the fucking new project and just fucking, oh, God, that shit was disgusting. So like, I'm listening to a lot, of the, a lot of the tracks and no shit, it made me think like, damn. I wonder what the fuck was going through his mind in 2020. He's just fucking, he's just fucking animalistic right now, you know? So you, what was, what was in the mind of Santana Banger in the 2020? Like what was, what was fucking gasoline in that fire? Man, you know, um, having that time to come face to face with myself and, um, you know, analyzing a lot of, a lot of faults, uh, uh, a lot of mistakes on, um, and then just looking at keeping the clothes out to the streets and keeping the clothes into the streets and just seeing things that's going on, you know, and on um, just trying to come up with a way of how I can 
you know, get somebody to think in a different perspective. It's just like have a conversation with people, right? Yeah. I can call, I can walk into the room and have my mindset on one thing. You know what I'm saying? And and that's what my conversation is going to be driven from, just that one thing I have my mindset on. And somebody can say one word or a sentence or something, man, and, and it has me thinking in a different perspective, seeing things in a different perspective. You know what I'm saying? So it's just, it just really just, man, just trying to tap in with people and, um, you know, just let them know how I feel about certain things, man, because it, it, was, it was the right time. I just feel like it was the right time for me to fully express myself no matter who liked it, no matter how, you know, somebody may have felt about it or even had on, you know, just a different um, point of view. You know, it just, this is what it is, you know. This is just what it is. So, multi, multi-talented, like you, you just, when it comes to music, you, you fucking, you do it all. You do it all, right? What's your favorite part about creation? Like, is it the dropping the verbal on the ass? Or do you like to drop a beat here and there? Or is, you know, you into the just concept thinking? Like, what the fuck? What's what's your favorite part about it? My favorite part about the creation? The creation. Whether it's a, a, a instrumental, whether it's a verse, whether it's a, a concept project. I'm going to tell, I'm gonna, I'm gonna tell you, my favorite part about the creation is the completion. Oh. <laughs> when you drop that shit, like you, you finish that creation, right? And you're completion. You complete it. How long does it you take you? Keep in mind like this, not to cut you off, but keep in mind it's like this, man. Oh, um, it's a it's a bunch of songs, man. A bunch of songs that uh already got like pre recorded. And um you know, one in particular, man, I was going back and forth with my partner DJ Corleone. And uh, we were just shout out to GJ Corleone, most definitely, most definitely. Yeah, we were just kind of going back and forth about you know what songs to put on the EP, and uh, and not to say too much, man, but I had a song you know dedicated to my uh grandmother who recently passed away, but the song wasn't completed, you know, but the song sounded dope as it is. But after I told him what my vision was for the song, you know, his uh main response was, you know, like if you if you put the song out right now you know what i'm saying it ain't gonna give it is you know due diligence man like you got to put it out the right way the way you want to put it out you know because you got to keep in mind that you know you're the creator of this you know what i'm saying whether that creation stops here or it's completed right then and there you know what i'm saying like that's up to you but it's like you have that vision you know what, what it is that you want out of it so you know with that song it's like you know just sitting back looking at it man thinking about all the ideas i wanted to put into it man it's like i couldn't put it out there because it wasn't complete yeah but the moment i complete that you see what i'm saying get all all the elements that need to be there put into it man it's going to be a beautiful thing so that's why i say man the, the best part about that creation is the completion man because it's just the way everything come together yeah yeah it's almost like it's almost like having sex to watching your baby born <laughs> you know, to sum it up. Well, that's man. what it's like. Well, like you, you get the great feeling in it, but you watch this whole cycle go through, and then you hold your baby right, in your arms. Life. Yeah, and then yeah. I mean, to get deeper with it, you watch him grow up. Inside, yeah, I I feel that that's some big shit there. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna tell you, you caught me off guard with that answer too. That was some shit like, oh, this motherfucker's a whole poet. Yeah. Excuse <laughs> me, you know what I mean? like, but yeah, man. So like, I'm I'm trying to answer this for the Mangaloids, right? 
because we know you just dropped a new project. Right. A lot of people don't know. You you can plug that in right now if you want to. Oh, um, yeah, most definitely, man. Make sure y'all check out that new Santana Banger EP that just dropped called Make It. Most definitely, man. You want to know anything about me, more more about me, man. That project right there is like the opening and closing right there. And yeah, I was going to hold on to that to the end, but I fucking love Make It, so we still going to talk about that shit on the oh, back yeah, end, yeah, too. Because, yeah. like, I was... I, I knew the shit was going to be fire, but when I went to plan it and like how I, how I started playing it, I just started looking for you on different platforms. And when I first picked it up, you know, I, the songs was more so scrambled right. on, the, on the original platform I was listening. So it was like scrambled, but everyone was like fire. The only thing mm. with me, I like to hear the order in which you present. Mm-hmm. I'm one of them type of fucking people where like the, mm-hmm. the minor details. So I want to see what did you put at one, two, three, four? And were you mm-hmm. trying to do it like in this? Because I see it like a movie. I'm a big Tarantino fan. You know what I mean? So I, mm-hmm. I see shit like either Pulp Fiction, Kill Bill, Reservoir Dogs. That's how I listen to music. So for me to get it scrambled was almost like a disservice. So to go back and mm-hmm. hear it in the order, I was like, oh, yeah, that's even better. Mm-hmm. So with um, besides the music thing, you want to anything any other big things outside of music? I know one time me and you talk, it was um I swear to God you told me you were um about to sell water. Like you were thinking about <laughs> selling water. And like I you know, that shit blew my fucking mind. And so like uh, I'm always wondering like, okay, music he, he got that under control. But yeah, I'm wondering yeah. like what other avenue are you talking about? Well, you know, well, you know, this kind of been in the works for some years, man. Uh, and shout out to my people, Standing Fresh. Um, you know, we've been, they, they actually, it was crazy how it came about because, um, you know, they uh, they sponsored me. So they sent me a lot of exclusive, like, gifts, you know, um, you know, exclusive Standing Fresh uh, gifts and whatever, man. But y'all make sure y'all check out that website, standardfresh.com. But, uh, but yeah, they uh, sent me a water bottle with my name on it. And it had my logo and everything. It had that name and logo at the bottom of it too. So you know, we, me and uh, me and my man, kind of went back and forth about it. And I was like, man, you know what? It'd be dope, man. I think that uh, we should come up with, you know, a Santana Bank of Water. And uh, you know, we had a quick little meeting about it, man. So it's still some things in the works, man. Still got to figure out how the business go, but you know, definitely some things in the work. I know, I know. You get that shit to Flint. That'd be awesome. Because a public service announcement, I don't think they got clean water up there yet, which is kind of fucked up. Yeah, that's that's what all that's what standing fresh for. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. I, I just saw something yeah, on that the other day. Yeah. I just saw some shit on that the other day, and I'm like, that's some fucked up shit, man. So. Yeah, yeah man. On something like, you know, right is right, it don't wrong nobody, but for that shit to happen years ago that's some bullshit you you basically drinking the equivalent of toilet water every time like, that's some bullshit so that'd be dope as fuck if y'all could now ask you on some other stuff right like, like i don't know you've been following this olympic thing you you following the olympics this year at all or you you done with that shit i'm fucking i'm boycotting oh, that motherfucker no, really i mean i catch whatever you know if i'm scrolling down my feed man i see some things but you know, I I, I kind of just stay away from some things, man. If it don't catch my attention, like off rip, off rip, you know, it's just a scroll with a thumb, man. Um, uh, Sister Richardson, 
like I'm boycotting the motherfucker. Sister Richardson, she had um, they banned her from the Olympics, right? And she's in like her heightened prime, like she's fucking awesome as fuck, right? And you know, she found out her mom died through an interview. You know what I mean? Like the reporter tell her, like your mom's dead. So she was in Oregon and she went and blazed up. And she ran the qualifying race and like blew motherfuckers out. And they disqualified her from the Olympics because she tested positive Whoa. for weed. And I, this shit had me hot, number one, because I feel like if you can blow and beat motherfuckers in a race, you the best of the best. Because mm-hmm. I done been high as fuck before, and I ain't racing nobody. So, yeah, I mean, it ain't no performance enhancement. My stimulator, if anything, but it ain't no performance enhancement. While that's going on, you got a dude who fucking turned himself into what he thinks is a woman, and they let him compete against women for the fucking weightlifting championship. So I'm like, this shit, nah, I ain't going to be involved in this political fucking shit y'all got going on. So, you know, it's, it's that social construct versus social norms versus social deviance. And a lot of these corporations, I blame, I always take things to the corporation. So a lot of these corporations, they fucking, they picking the side of the social justice warriors. You know what I mean? Mm. And big part of that, like I say, I saw with the MLB, right? Because Georgia with the voting laws, they saying like Jim Crow 2.0 and all this. And the MLB was like, we ain't doing the all-star game there. And I'm like, <laughs> all of a sudden y'all care about black people rights and shit. But um, Buddy got choked out up there in New York a couple of years back. And that's where your headquarters is. So, I don't know. I'm kind of disappointed in the world. But I accept that because I expect that with a lot of those things. So, you know, with with the political aspect, like the, the political tension... And all of that stuff. Like, how how you feel about all that shit going on? Because, like I said, that played a part in 2022. Um, right. Like, looking at how that shit transpired. And being from the South, I, I don't know if you think just like me, I can never assume that. But, like, a lot of shit that was happening, I looked at it like some scapegoat type shit. Because, like, the George Floyd thing, I was like... Why the fuck does this nigga got a statue? Like, you know, I hate to see this nigga die the way he did. I hate to see anybody, any human die that way, especially if they black. But for them to come back and give him statues and shit like that, I feel like he was like puppeted into a political year. So well, you see with things like that, man, be real with you. Like with things like that, you know, I have thoughts on certain things, but I keep it to myself, man. That you see, I wish I wish I could do that shit sometimes. But me being an I asshole, keep to, I keep it to myself, man. Because <laughs> you got you got keep this in mind, right? We're living in an opinionated world, yeah, where everybody feels like their opinion is the truth. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So a lot of times, man, like, you know, even even when, you know, when questions are being asked or, you know, when, when, when like, even now, you know, asking how I feel about it, it's my opinion. It won't be my truth. You see what I'm saying? There's no truth to it. It's just opinions. 
So I kind of, I stay, I kind of stay away from opinions. <laughs> you feel me? Like I had, like I said, I have my thoughts on it, but I keep it to myself, man. You know, me, and my wife, and you know, my kids and my family side of the household. You know, when the cameras off and everything, you know, we we discuss certain things, man. But you know, when it come out to the opening, man, I keep it to myself. Yeah, it, you know, I, I feel you on like it be some times with the show, right? Because I mean, that's the point of why. That's why I jumped into the show, so I can mm-hmm. kind of throw my opinions out there. Because I'm a philosopher, right? right I'm right. a philosopher. Um, back when I was in different avenues, I, I, I was the same way. Like, I was like, no, I, I ain't going to talk about that. Because when I was in different avenues, and this is what I also, like, I would push for you also is... Staying away from the opinion, even though I had to ask, but staying away from because people will start hating you because of your opinion and miss a message that you have for them that could save their life. Mm-hmm. Whereas me, I don't mind being an asshole. Just say fuck them all, and, mm-hmm. and just I dr- feel you, I feel you. you know what I mean. So that, that I mean, I'm the I'm fucking mango to goat, and that shit's like it is what it is, but. I kind of, where I stand at is like I kind of had to say it because I saw a lot of shit. And nobody was fucking saying it, so. Um, well, that's the thing. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, everybody's entitled to an opinion. Yeah, everybody is. You know what I'm saying? But you know, <laughs> I know, I know, it's, I know it's, it's somebody. I got to get on here. You know who I'm talking about. And I know that motherfucker's going to turn a lot of motherfuckers' heads. And, and Hold on, what'd you say? I, it's, it, it, it's somebody I, I'm trying to get on here. You know who I'm talking about. And when you get on here, I know I'm going to have a bunch of fucking hey, y'all emails. Gonna some And <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know, that's like, hey, man, I'm honestly, I'm, I fucking can't wait. Hey, and, y'all gonna roll for some feathers, man. I'm gonna let y'all have it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm gonna tell him, hey, before we start this shit up, we're gonna say, Santana told us to tell you motherfuckers. I know he ain't gonna hey, go man. for it. <laughs> <laughs> Mangaloids. Hey, but you know, he ready. He ready, though. I'm gonna tell ready, the Mangaloids. I, this... I, spoke to him, I spoke to him earlier today, man. We had to chop it up. We chopped it up by somebody. He ready. I'm gonna tell the Mangaloids. This is an inside joke, but don't worry. When he come... You gonna definitely know what the fuck we talking about. Hey nigga, hey, you gonna know when he coming to <laughs> You you gonna fucking know, and and they gonna know. And I I, I fucking can't wait. And um, Christ, man, that's gonna that's gonna be a beautiful thing. I ain't gonna lie, man. I'm gonna be sitting back. I'm gonna be sitting back. Man. I mean, like, I, bro, the brother man, like, yeah, I think he got so much to give. Cause I mean, like I said, it was some shit where ten years ago. Well, I remember listening to his messages and was like, sure. I, "I want to get off the subject too because I don't want to say his name yet till he till he yeah, read yeah, it." Yeah. But but if if you listening right now, you know exactly who the fuck I'm talking about. I just know Mango fucking appreciation. I can't wait for you, brother. Yeah. And hey, these Mangaloids, they don't know it yet, but they can't wait for you too. Yeah, sure. So like, hey, so we're gonna go down a history trip real quick, right? Let's do it. Let's do it. All right, growing up, five years old, six years old, seven years old, all them fucking young, tender ages. Mm-hmm. What you had playing in your tape deck before you went to CDs? 
You said what I had planned in my tape that before what? Before you went to the CDs. Oh, before I went to CDs? Yeah, what you had in oh, the tape? Man, we had, uh, man, tapes I remember, man. We had uh, Bone Thugs and Harmony. Mm. Uh, what else? What else was it, man? We had that R. Kelly. That R. Kelly, uh, Double R, I think it was, the Double R album. Shout out to R. Kelly. I just I just earned like at least ten emails from some feminists, but shout out to R. Yeah. Kelly. Yeah, yeah, man. Um, you know, R. Kelly was the truth, man. R. Kelly's still the truth. I mean, I mean, R. Kelly is a man. That man had a song, man. That was so raw. Uh, I used to listen to it all the time, man. When I was legit, it was all uh, looking for love. Oh, oh, man. I ain't even know what love was, bro. <laughs> hey. But that, man, that shit made it sound lovely, bro. R. Kelly made me say Bill didn't do it. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah, like, like... Hey, my... Bill said they old, man. <laughs> Yo, so... <laughs> my thing with R. Kelly, bro, and, like, I talk about this shit all the time. I... Kel's, man. Kel is, is his body of work. And this is my issue I have with, like, American society, right? Because people's like, cancel R. Kelly, cancel R. Kelly. And they, they spit that shit, right? But I'm like, mm. you want to cancel his body of work because what he might have done personally. And they're like, mm. yeah. And I say, okay, that's funny because y'all ain't condemning none of these presidents that own slaves. Y'all ain't, mm. you know, all of that shit. Like, you know, people pick and choose. When Wait, it, you, I'm going to say this, not to even cut you off, man. But I'm going to say this too before you get on with that. You got to think, too. You know, celebrities live their life in the spotlight. So every mistake is put on, you know what I'm saying, front street. Mm-hmm. Every mistake is put on front street. You know, it's like it's like, it's like like living on a TV screen. Mm-hmm. Everybody get to see your flaws. Everybody get to see everything. And they, they nitpick. You know, they, 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 they condemn you, like you say, man. You know, they judge you. But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, these same people, when they look in the mirror every day, they see their flaws, too. Yeah. They see everything that they done in the dark. You get what I'm saying? But, you know, getting up into that status, you 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 lose that. You know what I'm saying? You lose that privacy. You lose that, you know, um, you know, just being normal. You're not normal no more. So everything you do is put on front street. You know, and uh, you know, the consumers, man, you know, they that's 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 what they that's what they thrive at because, you know, they get to do things in the dark. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Nobody care about what they do. You know what I'm saying? That ain't that ain't in their personal life. Nobody care about what they do. You know, but sometimes I be feeling like, you know, some people need to put themselves in them people's shoes, man, to see how, you know, how life would be like if your life was put on a big screen. But the if thing your life, is, everything you done was put out there to be They judged, can't they can't you know do that. They can't do that. And I, I personally think all greats got demons. I think all greats got the demons because I think you gotta go through some shit to be great. Yeah, you got to. So I think all the greats have demons and whatnot. Um, I watched that Surviving R. Kelly, and he had the forty-something-year-old chick eating shit out of dog bowl or something. She said allegedly. Yeah, I watch it. I ain't watch it. <laughs> I watched that shit and I, I laughed. Catch none of that, bro. That I shit had me laughing. Like when I found out, like none of them chicks was like illegal. I was laughing because I was like, "All oh, y'all grown doing this shit." Like, now I don't, I don't feel no remorse, but. The chick was like 40-something years old, and 
you know, she she was like, R. Kelly made her eat shit out of a dog bowl, I think, or something. And she used to leave every day and come back. And I was like, so that, so why the fuck is that documentary on this shit? Like, you know, that's, fuck, that's what she went, that's, yo, this nigga is fucking into some shit. You know what I mean? Like, but the whole time I, I like laughed. Every time she came on screen, I was laughing and she had like them crocodile tears and shit. But I was like, you think this bitch gonna make me stop listening to Twelve Play? Cause like you can't take away, you can't take away the music, man. Nah, you know um, you can't take away the music, man. Anybody who you know want to take away a person's music based off of you know what I'm saying things of that, like it's like that's I don't know, that's petty to me, man. <laughs> it's yeah. like that's a little bit too petty, man. You know the music gonna be there regardless, man. Them same songs was hits, and they still gonna be hits. You know you can't take away the plaques, you can't take away the sales. You know what I'm saying? It's still there. You know, but, but like you, I say, man, some people just need to all live in reverse, man. You know, let's, let, let's reverse some lives, swap some lives, man. Let's see how some people take it, man. I guarantee a lot of them people who be pointing the fingers probably won't even last 24 hours with they, you know what I'm saying? They, they, uh, flaws and everything being put on front street. They might kill their damn self. I believe that's, a, I believe that's the case. Cause I, I think like, like I say, I think the demons make you great and those people not great and they probably still have demons. So that means they probably didn't overcome their demons enough to do a different avenue a lot of times. So, you know, so they look at these fucking people and that's why they shit on these celebrities the way they do. Like they go out of their way to try to shit on these celebrities. Um, I, you know, I had, um, season one, I talked about this nigga Adolph Brown, right? I'm not familiar with him. Okay. Adolph Brown is a piece of shit, right? And I found out about Adolph Brown because I started looking into real estate and shit, right? And then I found this story about this nigga Adolph Brown. He's like Geechee, and he was the one he was robbing the Geechee people of their land, allegedly and in a in a sense, you know. Shout out to Adina the artist. She told me to say allegedly with everything, so I don't get fucking in trouble. But um, allegedly, what he was doing is he was fucking his own people out of there their land and then making millions of dollars off them or allegedly millions of dollars. Right. Mm. And when I heard the shit, like, bro, I dropped, I dropped like two tears, but I was like, what the fuck is, what is he doing? And he was talking about it. His grandmother's a midwife and all that. And I was just mad at this nigga. Like I was just like, so fucking upset with this nigga. And I had something planned that I was going to do every episode. It was going to be the two eleven steel reserve hour. Right. And, he was like the first and last person I did that with because after I did it, I was like, it seemed kind of comical. Right. But deep down, I'm like, this ain't no fucking laughing matter. And then that made me start looking into my own demons. I start looking into like, damn, have I ever fucked my own people over in some sense? Or, and I mean, the answer to me is no. Right. Mm. I find, mm. I find it to be that when people get mad at me for anything, it's not something I did to them, but something I wouldn't do for them. Mm. But it took me to evaluate my shit to see that because I start questioning. I start questioning because the way this motherfucker was talking, it was almost as though he did nothing wrong. So me looking from the outside in, I said, let me evaluate my demons. Like, when have I fucked my people over? <laughs> you know, I don't want to be fucking Adolph Brown. And number one, 
I don't know who the fuck named this nigga Adolf, right? But I was like, I don't want to be Adolf fucking Brown. So I start, like I said, I really sat, bro. I sat the fuck down. I cut everything off. I'm just sitting in a fucking dark room, looking down the hallway, thinking about my life since I had the ability to make decisions. And I'm thinking about everybody I ever had some kind of beef with or some kind of like, and like I said, I came to realize a lot of these people wasn't beefing with me. I can't name nobody I did wrong in my life. And, And maybe I'm lucky, you know, maybe I'm lucky or maybe, you know, they got a different perspective, but I can't name nobody I did wrong. And it seems like everybody who has some form of issue is not from something I did to them, but something I wouldn't do for them. And I said, I could sleep at night. You know, fuck right, it. Right. You I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to add on with this, man. Um, you know, I had to realize this, man. Uh, you know, when it comes down to interacting with people, right, you know, let's keep this in mind, right, that we're going to have our side of the store. They're going to have their side of the store, you know, because we seeing and hearing everything with two different sets of eyes and two different sets of ears. So, in every situation I ever been through, whether, you know, I cut somebody off or, you know, I just start dealing with people, man, on, you know, in my eyes, you know what I'm saying? And in my mind, it was justified. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? But to that other individual, you know, I was wrong. So you got to keep this in mind, man. Everybody ain't going to think the same. And everybody have different emotions, different feelings, different thoughts. Everybody think differently. You know what I'm saying? Like how you say, you know, you can you can sleep at night knowing that, you know, you ain't fuck nobody over or whatever, whatever. But there's some people who may feel like you fuck them over. Yeah. And you can't control that. <laughs> you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You can't control that. That's just That's just going to be what it is. You know, so like for me, like uh matter of fact, what uh it's a song I made called Man in the Mirror. And it literally I analyzed myself. You know, I'm not I wasn't I wasn't talking about like how somebody else may have felt. It was more so about what I felt. You know what I'm saying? And one of the key things I said at the end of each verse it was like everybody ain't everybody ain't everybody don't feel what what I'm feeling. You know what I'm saying? Everybody ain't gonna feel what you feeling. You see what I'm saying? So it's like you know, we could be walking around here feeling like we, yeah, hell yeah, man. This, yeah, I ain't did, I ain't did, but in somebody else's mind, oh, you fucked them over. Yeah. Or oh, you did them dirty. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? So it's just, you know, everybody ain't going to feel what you're feeling. Respect, and that's how that shit be. I mean, you know what's so crazy to me because I feel like, in my mind, I used to look at that as like street issues. But really, that's a people issue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was just showing. Communication is a thing. Communication is the key, though. Yeah. You know. You know how. You know how many. How many deaths we can avoid by people communicating using their words. But you know the you reason know, there's no communication that. is because of pride. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's that pride. You know, Vin Rains, oh, man, Pulp Fiction, when he had the bandaid on the back of his head, and he was like, "You gonna feel something tap you on your head? That's pride." And like that's that fucking shit. Like it's really a, a pride fucking issue. A lot of times, 
And I think that comes with being, uh, I personally think that comes with being a black male because. Almost definitely. We've raised off the negativity, man. Yeah. And, and we some prideful, negative motherfuckers a lot of times. And, you know, I said it myself. I said it on myself, you know. Uh, I'm fucking prideful as shit to this day. And I try to, you know, pull that shit back some when I realize it. And I, I think wisdom helps me with that, right? Because I think pride a lot of times block new knowledge, newfound knowledge. You know? Um, it's it's like the story I told with my cousin telling me Chinese pussy sideways. And, you know, I'm like, yeah, I know. And, you know, like, that's the thing. I, I didn't know that. Right. But pride made me say, yeah, I know. You know? Mm-hmm. And then it took mm-hmm. me some time and some stealing a porn to realize, you're a Chinese pussy, the same angle as every other pussy in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, unless she, like, got some kind of deformity, but that's rare. You know? So, yeah, that's, that goes into learned behavior, man. I'm real big on learned behavior, mislearned behavior at that. Mm-hmm. So, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna tell you a book, and you may have read it, you may have not, but I'm gonna tell you a book that's good for the soul, especially for the black folks, man. Uh, it's by Don Miguel, The Four Agreements. Say that man, one more time, Don it. Miguel, The Four Agreements. Hit it one more time for me. Don Miguel, and the book is titled The Four Agreements. Now he have a lot of other series, but I'm speaking about The Four Agreements in particular, and the reason why. One of the agreements, because I don't want to give it all away, but one of the agreements is one of the hardest things in the world. It's one of the hardest things in the world to do. But it's something that you strive towards, right? And that agreement is don't take anything personal. Yeah. And the reason why I say that's one of the hardest things in the world to do is because we were raised, especially as black folks, man, we was raised to take everything personal. Mm. So it's hard to break that chain. You see what I'm saying? Like, example, you could be in the store, right? And say you waiting in line. You at you you at Walmart. You getting ready to check out. You clearly waiting in line. You got one person in front of you waiting to put your stuff on the little little roller. You know what I'm saying? Put your groceries on or whatever. And a person come and jump right in front of you and start putting their groceries on it before you. Yeah. You're gonna take that personal as hell. Yeah. And you might you might you might slap off one of you know what I'm saying? Put hands on a person. But you're going to take it personal because you feel like that person just tried your life. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it's like, it's it's a easy, it's, some, it's it's just one of those things that's like, you know, everything that happened to us, we're going to take it personal before we take anything positive out of it. We're going to take it personal. Say, you know what I'm saying? Hey, hey, bitch, I'm next. What the fuck you do? <laughs> I, I see how that shit go. Like. Mm-hmm. I just kind of visualize how I react now. Like, hey, bitch, what the oh, fuck yeah. you do? <laughs> you know? oh, you're going to snap. Yeah. You're going to snap. Especially if the motherfucker who was in front of me previously had like a shitload of stuff. Oh, and man, I just decided good. to stay in that line. And the motherfucker yeah, jumped in front of me. That super person. Oh, yeah. Oh, like, nah. Bitch, I got to go. Yeah, what the fuck? I got shit. I got, <laughs> <laughs> I got shit I'm supposed to do, motherfucker. I was supposed to pick my kids up eight hours ago. What <laughs> fuck you mean? <laughs> the motherfucker say, I only got a bag of peanuts. I don't give a fuck about none of that. <laughs> you know? That's how that shit go. And, like, I can see myself like in that, that scenario. Like, while you was talking, I'm just picturing that shit. Like, how would I react? And I, man, my nigga gonna come out. And yeah, most definitely, most especially in that moment. But you know, a lot of times though, 
that's one of them times where you should probably just keep a nigga in. Because you know what's crazy? If that motherfucker who jumped in front of you chose violence that day and got that thing on him, and you ain't got that thing on him, you know, you ain't got that thing on you. Yeah, you know what I mean? But ain't no telling what that motherfucker went through. You watch that fucking movie? You watch that movie with Russell Crowe? And like he in traffic or some shit. Right? You know what I'm talking about? Oh, fuck. What's the name of that nah, fucking movie? Nah. So, this nigga Russell Crowe. Well, this nigga. This white boy, Russell Crowe. He got this fucking movie. Right? And he's just waiting at a traffic light. And the woman behind him start hitting the horn at him all crazy. And then she just skipped past him. He pulls up to her the next light. And he's like, you know, you could have gave me a courtesy tap. Instead, you held your horn down. And she's like, I don't owe you no apology. He's like, ma'am, if you, I'm sorry for going off on you. If you could just apologize to me, we, you know, this could be fine or whatever. And she's like, I'm not apologizing for nothing. I did nothing wrong. And none of that. And he was like, oh, bitch, you think you having a bad day? You don't know shit yet. And he spent the rest of his day stalking this bitch and fucking her life up. Like, I mean, ki- trying to kill a brother. Like, brother, shit's fucking crazy. If if you get a chance, look it up. I can't think of the movie right now, right? But as I'm watching this shit, at the the beginning, this motherfucker started off by burning his ex-wife and her new boyfriend, like, up in their house. Mm. And then he goes driving. So, you don't know what the fuck people going through. So, that, (laughs) that motherfucker might skip you in a line. And he just got a bag of peanuts. And you like, bitch, I've been waiting here. <laughs> you know what I mean? And this motherfucker like, you don't know. I just caught my wife fucking my fucking dad. And I choose violence. <laughs> they might not even explain yeah. that shit. Nah, you know? nah, that's the thing. It's funny, but that's some real like shit. Though. Mental breaks, man. Motherfuckers be having that shit. Yeah, man. You never know. You never know when anybody going through, man. So... It just, yeah, man, you got to navigate. You got to learn how to navigate in this world, man. Hey. But, yeah, that, that uh, four agreements, man, I think that's a great navigational tool. <laughs> I think four, it's a great navigational spit, spit tool. Spit the name man. of that one more time for the Mangaloids, man. I'm, I'm going to definitely check it out. It's by Don Miguel. Don, four agreements by Don Miguel. Mangaloids, if y'all hear that, beat me to it. Because, like, I got space and opportunity. So, um, shout out to Prime on that space and, I, and opportunity. I read, I read quite a few of his books, man. But uh, that one right there, that one right there is it. That's the one. So I kind of cut you off when you got Dar Kelly, but we're gonna move to the CD phase. First CDs, brother. What was it? The first CD. Yeah, first, first CD I bought or the first CD I heard. First CD you heard. We're gonna get you know in, in debt with the it. First one that come to mind, man. I had a cousin that was living in. Uh, uh, what was it? Fayetteville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. at the time. I think I think it was like Fayetteville, North Carolina. Uh, but I can't remember. I can't remember hundred percent where he was at. But he was living out of state. He wasn't in Florida. But um, he had came down with this one CD, man. I'm gonna tell you what the name of it was. But he came down with this one CD, and on the cover it had the uh the artist's head, like a picture of his head on it. Mm-hmm. And I ain't know who this dude was. Matter of fact, no, he was in uh, Alabama. That's where he was at. He was in Alabama. And uh, he came down with this CD, man. And uh, like I say, I ain't know, I ain't know who this artist was, man. But uh, the album was called I'm Serious. 
Hey, you know who that is, right? Yeah. 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 Still ain't forgave myself. Uh, huh? Still ain't forgave myself. Man, listen, man. Mm. That was that was probably the raw album I heard at that time. Man, that's the only, that's the first CD I can remember. It's real the first CD that come to mind when I think about it. Yeah. Damn. First CD, first CD I had was unpredictable. You say unpredictable? Yeah, by mystical. By mystical? Yeah, that shit fucked my life up. Cause yeah. that, like mystical used to come with that. Mystical see, man, that's the thing. Like you know, with with songs like you know, you know, with, with no limit, then we're dropping. Like we done had mixed CDs. You know what I'm saying? With different variety of different things on it, man. But as far as like a whole like complete album from beginning to end, man, that's one of the first ones you know, that come to my mind. Yeah. Now, since you brought a mystical no, you know, I'm going I'm to go ahead and take it to No Limit. I'm going to ask you a question, man. What's up, bro? No, uh, who was the rawest No Limit artist on the roster? I'm going to say P. You going to say Master P? I'm going to say Master P. Um, uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you, you're full of shit. I'm going to tell you why I'm going to say P, but... I'm gonna, no, let, let me finish first. Go ahead, bro. Now, don't get me wrong. Master P, he was that one that was driving the boat. You know what I'm saying? He was... He was he was that dude, and he was a raw. He was raw artist now. Yeah, but I'm gonna tell you who I felt was a raw. So the shocker, bro. See, I I get it. Silk. So okay, with Silk, I, I love every nigga that was on Mass um, No Limit, right? And Silk, I think people use Silk style now in 2021. Yeah, right? he's doing his style, man. And and so like you ain't gonna hear me say I don't appreciate Silk. But the reason I say P, because I look at every, I look at every factor. Like I'm looking at the business aspect. Why are you making the music aspect? Why are you doing? You know, he kept it simple enough. And you know, the crazy see, thing about see, nah, but see that would that would that would have me. I would have to change. You know, what I'm saying my line of question with that. I would have to change. And say which which no limit. Uh, Artist was a well-rounded businessman. See, but you know what I'm saying. But I, was, I was just talking about the artistry. That's what, and so that's why I just give him the, art. the artistry because, like you said, just completion. Art, I know the business going to it, but we're not talking about you know the different plays made outside of art because you know this man was doing basketball. He had his own clothing line. He had a show on Nickelodeon. He had he had a bunch of things, movies. He had a lot going on. But it's like so what you said about order. about completion, though. You know, so that's why I would say P. Because ghetto right, dope, right. all of that shit, like all I like P's albums more than I like Silk album. Oh, but yeah, but you see, yeah, you see yeah, what I'm saying? That, uh, that my world, my way. That was that was fucking nasty, and you know what's like. But P, like I said, I like P's albums more than I like Silk's albums, and P was dropping more work. So I think with P, you get more work ethic. You get. I think quality tracks and, you know, the fact that he was doing the business and all that shit with it, like, mm. that's why I say well-rounded, but as far as, like, yeah. work, drop, I appreciate, I appreciate Mystical. I mean, ly lyrical-wise, Mystical was the best one in No Limit. Mm. Track-wise, song-wise... So that. I, I, that, that so that kind of leaves Silk in a hard position, right? That leaves Silk as the middleman, 
right? Because not only do you got P, you got C murder. I, I only see four with no limit. I see P, C murder, mystical, and silk the shocker, right? Them the four I see when I think of no limit, right? Mm. And P got the work ethic and product. Mm-hmm. Mystical to me is the best lyricist. C murder got the most validated street talk. Mm-hmm. And Silk the Shocker got like that smooth type of flow that I just fucked with. So mm-hmm. I would have to give it to P. Because even though P wasn't as lyrical as mystical, P wasn't as hood certified as C Murder, and P mm-hmm. wasn't as smooth as Silk the Shocker, P still could hit all them avenues. Mm-hmm. So that's why I would I would personally say P. And I can understand if it's debatable. But Yeah, I mean now I fought with P, but I gotta get the silk, man. I gotta get the silk. So to bring that back, I say cash money versus no limit. Cash money versus no limit? Yeah, what you got? Mm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know, man, because I, I might have to. I don't know. It, I don't know, man. Because I feel once I feel some type of way today, and then tomorrow I have a different vibe, man. I'm going to tell you. I'm going to say. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm going to put it like this. Now, if, we was, if you. I don't want to compare both entities like that, man, because they. You, you got to this the yo this the age of versus battles and I know that yeah, shit coming. They, they both played a huge role in my childhood, man. I know that shit coming. A bro. huge role in my childhood, so I can't I can't really choose between the two, bro. When I nah, saw the Isley Brothers, so like how we just said no limit, and I picked you know what I'm saying I said who who I felt was the rawest one out the out the uh clip. You know I can go to Cash Money and do the same thing. So now so to me personally with. With, we we in the age of verges, right? In the verses, right? We in the age of verses, right, bro? And when I saw Isley Brothers versus Earth, Wind, and Fire, I said, "Oh, they bringing everybody to verse each other," mm. because that was the heart. Like that shit was so slept on. I ain't catch that, bro. Me that fucking neither. You you know why I didn't catch that? Because when that shit dropped, I was dropping the Easter special, so I wasn't paying attention to shit. I didn't know that shit happened till a month later. And I'm going to tell you, Steve yeah. Harvey hosted it. So, like, I watched that shit like a month later, and I was like, when the fuck did this happen? And that was, a, I, personally, they didn't do like what most verses artists do, where they be like kind of performing somewhat and so forth. But before that happened, Gucci vs. Jeezy was my favorite one. But when I saw Earth, Wind & Fire versus. Um, Isley Brothers, I was like, God damn. So I said, I know No Limit versus Cash Money got to come. But how the fuck do you do that? Like, is it going to be Baby versus Master P saying, okay, we're going to play record record company hits, right? And to me, you know, I'm going to run with Cash Money, even though I love P shit, I love Miss Who, I love Silk, right? But 400 Degrees and the Carter are my two favorite CDs. Listen, I got to say, bro, both played a big, major role in my childhood, man. So I, I, I can't do it. I can't put myself in between that. But what I will do when it comes down to cash money, who was my favorite artist, 
It'd be Turk. You like Turk? That Young and Thuggin album was all That Young and Thuggin album was all over the world. That, that's one with all over the world on it, right? Okay. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah. That that shit was hard. Yep. But that 400 Degrees, man, I'm... Oh, that was iconic. That yeah. was iconic, though, man. I, I can't even... So, I always said with Cash Money, there's nothing you ever going to compare 400 Degrees to. But then that first Carter drop, and that first Carter, I was like, oh, my God. I put that next to 400. And then, like, man, I personally think Lil Wayne ain't topped the first Carter yet. He might do more record sales and shit on everything else. But as far as product on that first Carter, I don't think he topped that shit yet. And, you know, the Carter 3, what was it, Carter 3? Had, like, the biggest record sale and all that shit. And, like... With the beat build, and he, you know, he was a superstar. But that mm-hmm. first Carter, he was hungry. He was proving himself. Like it was a fucking, the zookeeper left a fucking lion cage open on that first fucking Carter. And I think the yeah. difference was, you know, Manny Fresh on that first Carter too was fucking like, oh man, track wise, like Birdman Jr. Like, fuck, like yeah, I, I really. Personally, I stick that first Carter next to 400 degrees. And them two going to probably go down as my top two favorite albums of all time. Yeah. You know, and like, I mean, to be fair, I like Graduation by Kanye. Mm-hmm. And I would probably put that either three or four. <laughs> you know what I mean? But 400 degrees in the Carter is like, me like oh my god like i don't even think it's fair for me to put them in a top such and such list you know what i mean right right because you know you say that with turk young and thuggin bg chopper city what what was that chopper city in the ghetto yeah i I fuck with that bg shit too and man it's just and (laughs) You got to remember that all that Drake shit is on Cash Money too, and yeah. like I, I still to me, to me, man, you know they had they had a lot. Cash Money had a lot more, a lot more hits coming out, man. I think Cash Money's gonna go down as the best record company of all time. Yeah, they had a lot more hits going out because all I mean every album that was dropping out of there was like it was crazy. It was crazy. From you talking My about personal from, favorite was definitely that Younger Thug. 90, what, 96 till now? Because Cash Money's still dropping shit. So, like, 96 mm-hmm. till now, I can't name no other record company that does mm-hmm. that. You know what I mean? Not, Def Jam ain't did that. Bad Boy ain't do that. N- nobody else. Aftermath ain't doing that. Cash Money is the only one to pull that shit off. I'm talking about, like, shit, probably early 90s till now. That's fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You know? And everybody say, baby, robbing me. <laughs> you know? But um, the thing is, everybody keep going back to fuck with baby. You say everybody what now? Everybody go back and fuck with baby. You know, you see Juvenile yeah, that's, back that's, with baby. That be, that's the thing, man. That goes back to what I'm saying about, you know, you know, what celebrities, man, their lifestyle is put on the big screen. So any disagreement, any flaw, anything is put on, it's put out there on front street. When it was really just a simple conversation between two men, maybe some lawyers got involved, but it was some conversation that was 
behind the scenes that just happen to get leaked. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And that's usually how it go. You know what I'm saying? So to me, man, like anytime I, I see any of that, any disagreements that people had that, that, that had like a long time friendship or family bond and on, um, you know, things go public, man, like I stay out of it. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, that's family business. You know what I'm saying? That's family business. And any, any consumer that, you know, that true size on, <laughs> You know, family business is like, man, come on. Nah. You know, the only yeah. other artist I ever heard say that was 50 Cent when he was talking yeah. about um, Lil Wayne and Birdman. You know, when Lil, Lil Wayne and Birdman was going through their shit and everybody yeah. was speaking on it, 50 Cent was like, no, because they, like, they got like a father and son relationship, so don't speak on yeah, that. Yeah, it's deep. Yeah. It's deep. But that goes back to saying, you know, we live in an opinionated world. Where everybody feel they gotta have a say so on some on 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 a topic. Yeah, because when Rick you know Ross dropped that, so idols like, become rivals, or whatever. That shit, I was like, oh shit, that's family business. Yeah, yeah. Rose that's dropped that. Idea. Fucking idols become rivals, and I remember listening to that shit, and I was like, damn, Rose, why you why you do Birdman like that? But you know, even even with that too, even with that too, you know. Um, you know, from my understanding, man, you know, Ross was, you know, he was tied in with cash money. Yeah. So he was a part of, you know, I guess some conversation that was going on in the room or whatever the case may have been. So, again, to me, you know, if you if you inside that room, only family getting put inside that room. If you inside that conversation, only family get put inside that conversation. So it's like, to me, when I hear stuff like that and I hear people go to, you know, going back and forth about it. that's family business, especially when you see the relationships in it. It's family business. So, like I said, I stay out of I stay you, out of family business because I ain't, I don't want nobody putting their two cents in mine. You know what I'm saying? If I was to fall out with a family member, and he and, and, and uh, you know, he ain't got nothing to do with you know, no no fans or anything like that. Like you know, like nah, that's family business, man. Fans. Keep that where it's at. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no jumping in this, that, and the third. Or even though, even if so-called entourage call themselves getting involved in it, like it's family business, man. You stay outside. And and you, you know, know what I'm saying? that's the fucking catch twenty two because, like you said, when you hit that limelight, it's that portal. It's that open portal. You know, you got TMZ. But <laughs> what Eminem say? I can't even take a shit in the bathroom without somebody standing by it. Hey, <laughs> You know what I mean? So, like, mm -hmm. you, you get that that shit's gonna come with it, man. Like, how do you how yeah. do you maintain you it? Up. You know, you sacrifice a lot, man. Went on, and I don't think a lot of people even you know uh, put that into the equation of you know what all it takes chasing your dreams. You know what I'm saying? Especially in that field, like you sacrifice your privacy. Yeah, off rip. You know, the moment the moment that spotlight hits you and you there, you at the you at the height of your career, like. There's no more privacy. Yeah. You know, there's no more privacy. So it's like, you know, you got to be willing to take on that in its whole, you know what I'm saying, as a whole, understanding what that means. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Having a full understanding of what that means. You know, um, but yeah, I don't think a lot of people actually, uh, you know, take that into consideration, man, because um, if, if they did, you know, it wouldn't be, a, I feel like it wouldn't be so much going back and forth. You know, the, at, I'm going to give you some shit too, man. I'm, I'm going to give you some props here. I think that's why it's important to be an artist that believe in the message you spit, right? Mm -hmm. Because 
even you know that jumping on that stage, right? Jumping on that stage, you still have that risk factor. Mm-hmm. You know, you still have that risk factor outside of trying to fuck with your shit. Because, mm-hmm. like, think about it. If you didn't do music at all, you could just live peacefully and tranquil with mm-hmm. your family. But you still have that risk of blowing up, which the fuck I know you're going to do. But you mm-hmm. still have that risk of outsiders, you know, fucking with your shit. But yet mm-hmm. you still do it to get the message on. And that's another reason I said we was going to come back to it. Another reason why I, I like asking artists, are you in it for the pussy and the money? Because when you say no, the Mangaloids hear you and they know that, yo, he really got something to, to give mm-hmm. us. So it's a sacrifice. You sacrifice a part of your inner peace. You can sound that peace as much as you want, mm-hmm. but you somewhat sacrifice a part of your inner peace to feed the souls of the listeners. So mm-hmm. I'm going to give you a... One time for Santana banging on that shit. Santana. Yes, up? One more time. Tell these people where the fuck to find you. I've been telling them all season one. Go look at Santana banging. I say he probably even got an OnlyFans page. Tell these motherfuckers where they can find you, Santana. Because, like, hey, and for y'all who didn't know, all y'all who hit me up and say, you know, you love the instrumentals and you love this, yo, Santana. Gave me that shit off love. You know what I mean? And he he didn't say, I'm going to charge you. He said, I fuck with the platform. I fuck, like, it was off love, bro. And so, Banger, please tell him where to find you. And Mangalords, find him. Because it's something he's giving you that is worth it. I swear to you. Most definitely, man. Well, off rip, man. You can find me on Instagram, at Santana Banger. Look me up on Facebook at Santana Banger one zero zero one hundred. You know on Twitter at Santana Banger, or you can also go to the website SantanaBanger.com. You know we everywhere. Yo, listen, Mangalords, I'm so for real. This is who you need when you're on your ride home. If you decide I'm tired of hearing Mango's fucking voice, I want to hear music. This the nigga to put on. This the nigga to put on, I swear to you. This is what I listen to when I got my free time. And he got something of every type of music that you want to hear. If you want to hear some shit to jump to, he got it. If you want to hear some shit to just sit back and think to, he got it. And like I told y'all before, I don't believe in sponsorships. I just do shout outs. And that's why I thought this interview was big. And I want to thank Santana for coming to do this shit because it's off love. It ain't no sponsorships or nothing. Much love, bro. Much love. This is like straight up. This is my. This is my trying hard to max out on giving olive branches to people who may not know this brother, and it's so fucking worth it. So, I'm gonna do it one more time for you, banger. And if y'all get a chance, please go and check this brother out. The EP is worth it. Tell him about that EP one more time, bro. Make it. Santana Banger, the EP is called Make It Across All Streaming Platforms. iTunes, Spotify, 
Google, everywhere, Pandora, everywhere. Hey, I'm, I'm man. Tune in, tune in, man. Tune in. My favorite track on the EP is "Make It" too. Just so you know, hint, hint to the Mangaloids. I, I don't know if Bengal wanted me to tell y'all that, but my favorite track is "Fucking Make It." I love that shit. Right. right. <laughs> so well, you know, like, like I believe I, I I told you before, man, about the the idea behind you know what I'm saying that uh that EP. Like, if you go based off of the track list, man, it's like it's, it it. It, everything flows, you know what I'm saying? Like the first track, Excuses, which is powerful, very powerful, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, it just, I don't want to give it away too much, man, but, you know, that, but that, I would definitely say this about that Make It song, man, on that second verse, you know, when I said it bring chills to my arms, that little part right there, when I was writing that, I literally got chills. Make it. You know what I'm saying? And because it came from a real place, it was a real situation, like a real life experience that I went through that I still, you know what I'm saying, have breakdowns about it to this day. You know what I'm saying? So, you know, just like just looking at my son, man, now to this day right now, it's a blessing. It's a blessing. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that project was definitely something personal. It came from a personal place, man. It came from a deep place. And, um, you know, just want y'all to rock with me, man. Vibe with me. One love, brother. Hey, I want to thank you again for coming on, brother. I, I always tell people this too. Season two, I'm going to tell everybody. I appreciate the heart because in season one, everybody kind of like dropped out of interviews with me. They're scared of the platform. I don't know why. I'm not the big bad wolf. I don't bite. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But I, I want to thank you for talking to the Mangaloids and teaching them something new. Um, much love, much love, man. Even though we got a lot of similarities, we got a lot of differences, and I'm happy as fuck that the Mangaloids are introduced to you now, because I kind of felt spoiled just listening to your shit on my own free time, and now they got the opportunity to go be like me. (laughs) So maybe I'm selfish, but fuck it. Well, definitely. Hey, one love to the family, brother. You stay safe. I know I'm going to get you back on this motherfucker, too, when you drop the next one. Oh, yeah, most definitely, man. You already know. That's what I'm talking about. All right, brother. You be safe out there. All right, trust me, bro. Same. Much love. One love. Mangaloids and other people. Listen, I want y'all to go check out www.voluntaryimmigrants.com. I know a lot of y'all like I don't I don't fuck with Spotify or I, I don't I don't fuck with Apple Play or I can't get it. Um, I got a Metro piece of shit, so my phone can't do it. All that shit. Listen, go to www.voluntaryimmigrants.com and you can find every platform. You can find all the live shit. You can find everything you need from the boy Mango. I made a gateway for you. It's just an olive branch. Okay, and there you're gonna see we got upcoming episodes, nigga surprise shit. We're gonna have a product line coming, nigga sauce, all that shit, right? So, www.involuntaryimmigrants.motherfucking.com minus the motherfucking part, and you can get you can get 24/7 access to the platform. Um, everything we drop. It hits there right away, all of that shit. So if you can't get enough mango, www.involuntaryimmigrants.motherfucking.com minus the motherfucker. www.involuntaryimmigrants.com may cause extreme vaginal witness if you're a female. Before checking out www.involuntaryimmigrants.com, please speak to your pastor or previous religious specialist. www.involuntaryimmigrants.com may eradicate your pan African experience. If you're suffering from a case of health negative, www.involuntaryimmigrants.com may fuck up your life. Please seek out and consult with a real nigga before using this platform. Involuntary. 
Done contrary to or without choice. Immigrant. Definition one. A person who immigrates. Definition two. A plant or animal that becomes established where it was previously unknown.